You're listening to SuperPod, the no-filter MSP show presented by SuperOps.ai, where we go behind the scenes with today's top MSP owners and experts and get to know what they are really doing to evolve their business. Welcome to SuperPod, the No Filter MSP show. I'm Monica, product evangelist at SuperOps.ai, and I will be your host for the day. Uh, I have uh, with me Jeff Tan. Uh, he's a well-known speaker. He's um, an IT expert and an IT advisor. He's the founder of uh, Indie CIO Network. He served as a senior VP president. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, senior uh, VP of product and strategic uh, alliance at Intervision. He's a self-taught programmer and he has authored two books, which we are going to talk about uh, right after this introduction. Hey, Jeff, welcome to SuperPod. Monica, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very excited for our conversation this morning or this evening, wherever you happen to be. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, did I get your introduction right? Did I, did I miss anything out? Absolutely. I, in fact, I, you know, as you're reading it, it's like, man, I, I really have done a lot of things. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have, you have. So, uh, so the first thing that I actually want to talk about is the book. I, uh, I'm, I'm actually very curious to know what you've, uh, uh, what you've packed into the book, and I, and I, and I see that it's, it's a series, Amplify series. I don't know. I want to call it the Amplify series. So, uh, tell me about your books, and tell me about the new one that you've launched. Uh, what's that in it for uh, the readers? Excellent. So, so it is kind of the Amplify series, I guess. I didn't set out to 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 write a series. It's it's more my brand, and I know we're going to talk about my uh, my failed attempt at being a rock star uh, later. Uh, and so, this whole idea of Amplify was was born out of that. So. The first book uh, from uh, 2018 is called Amplify Your Value, Leading IT with Strategic Vision. And it's really uh, a, a book for uh, IT leaders, whether they're a practitioner or whether they're in an MSP in a tech company, about how to uh, create a vision that aligns with their company uh, and then create strategies to make sure that you meet that vision, that you satisfy that vision. Uh, and then the the third part is how do you execute on those strategies? And so it breaks it down. Uh, and um, we can talk later about this, but it, it's a great read for your MSP listeners uh, to get a peek inside the mind of, of a CIO and what are some of their challenges right. and what are they thinking and how better can you help them amplify their value? Right. Uh, the the second book, Amplify Your Job Search: Strategies for Finding Your Dream Job, is not the book that I set out to write in 2020. I had started to write okay. a different book. Okay. Uh, and in uh, late February, early March, I started to see the impact that the pandemic was going to have on people's jobs, right. and there was going to be so many people that were that were out of work and uh, needing to find their next job, whether it's their dream job or their next job. Uh, but the, the, the premise of the book is that you need a plan, you need a framework. Uh, you just can't send out resumes by the dozens every day and expect to find a meaningful job. 
so the book provides some tools. I call them amplifiers because okay. you have to stick with your brand when you have a brand, right, Monica? <laughs> absolutely, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like your podcast is super pod based based on uh, your company, right? You so you, that, you right? gotta keep yeah. that brand in there. Uh, anyway, it cre there, there's a set of tools and a framework and a process that I guide the reader to uh, mm -hmm. that helps them identify what would be meaningful work for them. Right. Uh, so it, we talk a lot in the book about personal brand and understanding your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, and then rather than just sending out a resume to uh, a bunch of different organizations, I call that the shotgun approach where you're just, mm -hmm. you're just spreading your resume around. Uh, mm -hmm. The book teaches a laser focused approach where you're actually looking for the company that has your job and that job is open wow. and you're going to target that company um, much like marketing and sales targets uh, customers. Right. Uh, in, in fact, there's a chapter in the book that, that I call marketing 101, okay. which is that it talks about the sales funnel uh, and right. how do you narrow the funnel to those companies? Mm -hmm. uh, because when you're in a job search, you're in sales and not only are you in sales, you're also the product. Um, right. And yes. so it teaches you how to how to market yourself uh, to those organizations. Brilliant, brilliant. I think I think it's uh, I think uh, you know you you made the right decision to kind of write about this because it it uh, suits uh, or it, I mean it's it's just the right thing people needed for this situation. What the pandemic is doing, you know, people losing jobs. People, I mean, businesses uh, shutting shops. So a lot is uh, a lot of that is happening, and I think this is. A godsend, and uh, I'm gonna get one of. Uh, I'm gonna get a copy, and I'm gonna read it. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> when curious. you when you do, yeah. send me. A, I would really love your feedback on it. Send me a Absolutely. note. I, I would yes. love that. I I will do that. So we were actually thinking we'll probably start a book series. Uh, you know, books that uh, you you know experts have written, like you know the Amplify series, and you want to kind of read up and then you know put out notes, so it's easier also for people to kind of grasp the insights. But yeah, we'll get to that soon. But yes, I'm gonna read this book because I think this sounds amazing and it sounds very tactical. I think uh, yes, I'm gonna read that. So curious, do you have a third in the series uh, in the Amplify series? Do you have a third <laughs> book coming up? Uh, I, I've got some ideas. I've not started writing okay. yet. Uh, the book that I was um, working on when mm -hmm. uh, uh, when I stopped to, to write uh, job search was mm -hmm. uh, Amplify Your Leadership, okay. um, and it was uh, aimed at the the working professional and mm -hmm. the leadership skills that they need today and. The, the idea behind the book was uh, I, I had started interviewing uh, leaders from un, not unusual places, but leaders you've never heard of, okay, right? So not the, not the, the, the Bill Gates's and the mm -hmm. Elon Musk's of the world, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. but some everyday leaders and uh, uh, their stories and what skills and lessons we can learn from them. So that may be the book that I write next. Uh, I, okay. I've, I've, I've got to decide. I, I'm going to look forward to that one. Yes, I am. Right. So when we started talking about uh, Amplify series, uh, I you did mention the rock star part. So I'm going <laughs> to jump right to that uh, because I'm thinking, okay, here's an IT leader, but 
where is the where is the rock star angle coming from like what's, what's <laughs> happening there right so yes tell me tell me yes. uh, from rock star to it leader what changed what happened where did it all start uh, I, I love to tell that story because it's it's uh it's a story of kind of who I am, right? And what what uh, what brought me here today. So when I was in uh, uh, junior high and high school, uh, the only thing I ever wanted to do when I grew up was to be a rock star. Uh, I spent uh, hours playing guitar, hours and hours and hours writing song lyrics and and music. Um, and uh, it's it's all I focused on. In fact, when it was time for me to go to uh, to university, uh, I went to a university to major in music theory and composition. I found out very quickly mm -hmm. that you had to have talent, and I did not. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> right. So I really did. I, I was lost. I didn't know uh, what I wanted to do. Um, okay. I tried different things and just didn't, it just didn't work out. Okay. Um, I ended up dropping out of, out of university and, and uh, just took any old job that I could find. About that time, uh, the Commodore 64 came out. Mm -hmm. um, very you know way back in the in the way back machine to get to the commodore 64 but i bought one of those and mm -hmm. and monica i i don't know it, it was like magic to me to be able to sit down at a keyboard and type in a series of commands and have that computer actually do something yeah, to yeah. me it i just i just fell in love with writing code um, and I would spend hours and hours and hours and hours reading uh, college textbooks on programming, system development lifecycle, database theory uh, and design, anything I could get my hands on um, and began to learn more and more about programming and finally got an opportunity to become a programmer at the bank I was working for. And what I what I learned was that I I had a, a knack for talking to people about a business problem they were having or an issue they were having and then solving it through code. And it nice. was it was such a, a rush to to listen to their story, listen to their problem, write the code and then hand it and to then, them and they were like, oh, that is oh, that solves my problem. That to me was one of the biggest uh, thrills right in my career in doing it. Amazing. Uh, and, you know, the, the other thing about when you think about uh, IT professionals, technology professionals, mm -hmm. I'm amazed at the number of us who have some creative outlet, whether it's music, mm -hmm. it might be art, it might be writing, whatever it is. Uh, I talk to IT pros all the time and they, mm -hmm. they mention, oh, yes, I played in a band in college or I still play in a band, whatever. They're wow. still doing it. Um, there's there's something about the way our technology brains are wired that that creative right. outlet is something that we thrive on. Interesting. So did you did you actually pick up your guitar again? I mean, after you started coding. Well, I have it in the other. I, I have it in the other room. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I 
generally uh, today I, I I play it with my grandsons, so sweet. they're they're my audience today. Sweet, <laughs> sweet, very sweet, very sweet. That's that's I think that's an amazing uh, story. So uh, you said you dropped out of school, and uh, then you had this you know, this wow, magical moment where you kind of, you know, start typing and then it, you know, it, it was magical for you. So how did you, did you, did you like go back to school? Did you like, how did you uh, grow this uh, skill or this, you know, um, uh, expertise uh, in, in uh, programming? Well, it's several different ways. I, 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 a lot of people will use the phrase self-taught. Mm-hmm. Um, but that 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 diminishes the learning from people around me, right? Um, so I read a lot of books on on writing code and 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 how to do those types of things. But I also uh, was lucky enough to be surrounded by this wonderful team of professionals uh, um, at the bank where I was that I mentioned earlier, um, and I learned so much from them. Um, whether it was asking one-on-one questions or or the dreaded peer review where they uh, dissect your code for you and, uh, <laughs> right. uh, it's painful but you learn a lot yes yes uh, right <laughs> so i i i didn't take any formal classes in it it was really learning in that way mm-hmm. um and um then applying it and learning and learning and learning it was just what what it created in me was this uh, thirst for continuous learning, yes. um, and 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 even later when I went into management, I I kind of did the same thing. I I read a lot of books about management. I I talked to a lot of people. I observed uh, leaders and managers around me and learned from them uh, and, and and applied it. Um, I, I did for the the management. I did end up uh, attending the executive. Uh, leadership program at MIT for nice. uh, for management and uh, and leadership and amazing. so I, I did get some incredible learning through that program. Amazing, amazing. So I think I think the the, the very important the key uh, uh, you know um, learn a learning or a lesson from this quick uh, snippet of your life is that I think continuous learning is very crucial for you know. Uh, our growth, not just generally in life, but also in terms of career, in in the things we do. I think uh, I think you're a, you're a living example of you know what continuous learning can do to a person. That's amazing, Jeff. That's amazing. So so when we when we talk about leadership, right? You talked about how you moved into management and then a leadership role. So today, when we look at uh, uh, the role of an IT leader. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about that because uh, because you've you've actually seen that path, right? You like started from a, a coder to I mean a programmer to uh, you know a well-known leader. So how how has uh, how has this role changed or evolved? Let's say in the last decade, how has it changed? Because I think a lot of factors come into play, right? It's not just the mm-hmm. pandemic. The, the the last year, but a lot of things, technology and a lot of things are happening. So how has this role of an IT leader evolved or changed over the last uh, 10 years? That is such a great question, Monica, because I think uh, 
for for whatever reason, it seems like the role of chief information officer, chief digital officer, chief technology officer is in this mode of continuous change. Uh, since it since it started 40 or 50 years ago, the role has really evolved. And, and I think what has happened in the last 10 years in in well, I'll dig into the, the impacts of the pandemic mm -hmm. in a minute, but I think what's happened in the last 10 years is businesses are beginning to understand the value that they derive through technology. Right. Um, I think the other side of it is IT leaders are beginning to understand that it's more than just technology. It's Good. about the business. Correct. Right. Uh, and so, um, in fact, the 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 mission of my company today and what I spend a lot of time doing writing and speaking about is uh, the changing face of IT. Um, and what I mean by that is mm -hmm. that the leadership skills that got many of us to positions of leadership mm -hmm. are not the leadership skills that our businesses need today, nor will demand in the future. Right. Uh, we right. must we much have must have much deeper business acumen. Uh, and, and sometimes it sounds silly to say you have to know how your company makes money. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, that that goes beyond, hey, we make a widget and we sell a widget. It's what's the value streams? Why are your right. what customer problems are your products Absolutely. solving? All right. of those things. Right. In, right. Is how you understand the business mm -hmm. so that you mm -hmm. can provide value. We also have to be more collaborative, more communicative. Uh, mm -hmm. Two skills that IT professionals stereotypically are not known for, uh, mm -hmm. but we have to do better at that. Uh, right. We have to use design thinking, system thinking, critical thinking. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. And then the, the other piece of it that I really stress is we must be mm -hmm. more diverse. Uh, the problems yeah. that we are solving today or mm -hmm. attempting to solve today mm -hmm. are so complex. Mm -hmm. We need diversity of thought. We need mm -hmm. diversity of experience. And we need right. diversity of culture, right. uh, and, and and so driving diversity in our in our technology teams and our IT teams is a huge piece of leadership today. So I, I guess the to to summarize that um, what used to be called soft skills mm -hmm. are essential skills. Those communication okay. skills, those collaboration skills, the working with your team and and right. building up your team, mm -hmm. and and I think what has happened in the last year with the mm -hmm. pandemic mm -hmm. is all of that has accelerated exponentially. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. The, the, the need to be able to do that and to draw on new skills, mm -hmm. um, because to, to build a team, to lead a team, to, to lead an organization virtually is a skill. Right. And you have to learn how to do that. And, right. and, uh, the the impacts that we've seen on the pan from the pandemic is that mm -hmm. uh, technology adoption has accelerated. Uh, I, I was reading a, a report uh, several months ago that was mm -hmm. talking about the retail space and retail technology, mm -hmm. and was stating that the the consumer adoption of retail technology we saw what would have taken ten years we saw happen in three months. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, right. and, and that puts a tremendous amount of, of load and burden on the IT leader Correct. to respond to that and, and help make sure that his or her team uh, mm -hmm. is responding to that as well. So I think that I see the role continuing to evolve. Mm -hmm. uh, 
technology obviously is still an important part of the role. You've got to understand the technology. Uh, But to me, the role is about looking at the business, looking at the industry and trying to uh, keep a a thought to what's where's the next disruption coming from Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and what's what are some of the technologies two and three years down the road that will have an impact in my organization because there's so much change in technology right it's just you one person cannot keep up with it all Mm -hmm. and uh um, so I, I mentioned the the MIT coursework that I that I took, and I was I was at a conference with MIT. This was a couple years ago. They have this wonderful CIO conference mm-hmm. that they hold every year, mm-hmm. and uh, we were standing around afterwards um, having uh, uh, having a cocktail. They they call it networking, and we know in in technology that's a euphemism for cocktails. <laughs> uh, so we were standing around having cocktails, uh, and this person at the table said. I don't get it. I, I, I didn't learn anything today that I can go apply in my work tomorrow. And I just looked at them and said, oh my gosh, you, you missed it. They weren't talking about what you need to do differently. They were talking about what you need to do differently three years from now. Right, right. What you need to do tomorrow is prepare, right? right. And so that's, that's the other piece of the role of the CIO is you have to be looking two years, three years, four years down the road looking mm-hmm. for those disruptions, looking for those technolo- technological advances that are mm-hmm. gonna impact your company and your industry mm-hmm. and bring the right ones at the right time to your organization. Right, right. right. So uh, so when you talk about the IT leaders, there is a diversity of thought and there's, uh, you know, when you talk about how soft skills that we usually, you know, call soft skills, they are, they are mandatory must have skills, right? Yes. So all of this, has um, all of this is going to keep evolving the role and uh, the expectation from a CIO or an IT leader is going to keep evolving There's technology. So there's a lot of uh, stuff that's happening. Now I want to, I want to kind of uh, switch sides. I want to take, I want to, you know, uh, go to the other side of the table. And the question that I have is the, the CIO today has these expectations and has this, these uh, roles and responsibilities. Now, if I'm a vendor, if I'm a managed service provider who wants to engage or you know um, uh, make business with mm-hmm. uh, your uh, with your company, how do I approach you? How do I uh, sell my services? How do I convince you to do business with me? That that is such a great question. Uh, we we could. Uh have an entire discussion, probably multiple discussions on that. <laughs> because how how do you reach uh, the IT leader? They they don't read email. They don't answer their phone, right? I mean, uh, um, I, I had this discussion the other day about about cold calling and it's like, well, they never answer the phone. Why, right. <laughs> why you're wasting your energy there? Yeah. Um, so what, what I counsel, people on mm-hmm. because I, I I love the way that you described it as the other side of the table because mm-hmm. I've had the privilege of serving on both sides of the desk both sides of the table right I was a practitioner for a for a long time uh, mm-hmm. and then switched to become uh, a, a vendor uh, for uh, about five years of my career mm-hmm. and I think one of the advantages that that brought to my organization is that I I could talk to them about what what is the CIO thinking? What are they feeling? 
what are some of the issues? What are they, when you talk to them, what are they hearing you say? Right. Um, and so one of the things that I, I counsel, um, and for, for those of you who have quotas to meet, um, it takes time. It takes a long time. The sales cycle, if, if you're selling a product to the, the IT leader, the CIO, the VP of IT, whoever that is, it, it's going to be a long sales cycle because right. you have to get to know them. You have to get to know them. You have to get to know their company. You have mm -hmm. to get to know their industry because you have to understand what problems they're facing. Right. And then position your product to solve that problem. If, if right. in fact, it solves the problem that's at the mm -hmm. top of their mind. Mm -hmm. But you have to build that relationship. And from that relationship, you have to build the trust right. that you're, you're in it to, to uh, not sell them something. You're mm -hmm. in it to help them solve a problem. Right. Um, right. And, you know, that's why I mentioned earlier when we were talking about my book, Amplify mm -hmm. Your Value, turning mm -hmm. that on its head and, it, and it's amplified their value. Right. What can right. you do to help that CIO or, or VP of IT? So mm -hmm. one of the things I suggest is using things like like LinkedIn, but not LinkedIn where you make a connection and then you try to sell them something. Um, I, I suggest you approach them by saying something to the effect of, I am also in technology. I've been in technology for 10 years and I love learning from other technology professionals. I would like to be a part of your network uh, and, and learn. Um, and there's a lot of CIOs who will accept that connection request in, in that right. way. Mm -hmm. Then once you have that connection request, um, look and see what they're posting about. What are they commenting on? What things are on their mind? And if you come across uh, posts or articles or, or something, send it to them and say, hey, I know you were talking about uh, AI ops. Uh, here's a great article on how to get started with AI ops. I thought you'd find it of value. Mm -hmm. May not have anything to do with your company at all. Right. Uh, right. But it's just helping them. Once you have that relationship and you've built that trust, you'll identify a problem or two that your organization is great at solving. Right. Then you can talk to them about how you can help them solve that problem and amplify their value. So it does take a long time to, to build that. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it is a challenge. And the, the other thing that I, that I counsel uh, MSPs and technology vendors on is to, to pay attention to the language that you're using. Mm -hmm. And here's a great example. When I first joined, uh, what was, uh, so it became InterVision. Before InterVision, it was actually a company called Blue Lock. Uh, InterVision acquired us a, a few years ago. Um, and they started talking about, we were a, a disaster recovery as a service firm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so they started talking about uh, CIOs who self-performed their DR plan. And they would call that, they would call it DIY, do it yourself. You yeah. know? Okay. And, 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 and I said to them, you, you can't call it DIY because you just called them an amateur. Right. Because a DIYer in, 
in home repair and all that is an amateur, right? Right. Yes. Um, and, yes. and so you just you just offended the CIO you're trying to pitch to by saying you, right. you're a DIYer. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, so hopefully that that helps a little bit. It's it, it it is a long sales cycle to get there, and and I tell uh, account executives and sales reps all the time, uh, I am in awe of their skills. Um, and their abilities to help clients solve problems. The, right. the good account executives uh, are, yes, they're in it for their commissions and yes, they're in it for their organizations, mm -hmm, but they're mm -hmm. really in it to help their prospect solve a problem. And they right. really believe that their, their tool or their product or their service solves that problem. Right. But I think uh, uh, you're right. I think uh, this... Would, would easily make for a very long conversation. In fact, multiple such long conversations, because I think even in those little, um, uh, you know, little tips that you've given, you were, talk, you were giving it with examples. So it is absolutely useful. Ah, so I think we should definitely do another session, Jeff. What do you think? I, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. I, I, did, a, I did a talk um, um, earlier this year, year for a company's uh, sales kickoff. Mm -hmm. uh, meeting and it was on it was exactly on that topic and the analogy I used was uh, a ship in a bottle and mm -hmm. the CIO is the captain of the ship in a bottle so okay. if you're outside how mm -hmm. do you get in the bottle right and then how do you get to the captain uh, if you already happen to be inside you're already doing business but you're doing business with one of their direct reports or you know mm -hmm. maybe maybe a couple of levels down and you want to get to the CIO how do you navigate across the deck so to speak okay. uh, to get to the captain of the ship the CIO the ship in a bottle interesting body. interesting interesting very interesting so so i think uh, so, the, so the so the bottom line is that um, the mantra is to kind of Keep, keep delivering value, keep talking about how you can help solve their problem, what value you will bring to the table instead of talking about what product you have that you want to sell and how much it costs and things like that. Yeah. Yes, I think that's perfect. Yeah. I kind of I kind of feel that I can tie it, I, can, I kind of um, uh, can tie it back to uh, the the idea where you know when you when you when you're searching for a job, I know this is like slightly uh, not related, but I can draw parallels because even when you're trying, when you're applying for a job and you're looking for a job, you still have to talk about what value you're yes. going to bring to the table and what problem you're going to solve. So I think there are parallels between that finding a job versus uh, and uh, selling uh, to a CIO. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, but, Absolutely. Yeah. So now, now that we've spoken about two sides of the table, now I'm going to try and get to the middle, you know, a common ground. So, uh -huh. so, so we did talk about the pandemic, right? So uh, uh, we, we, we talked about how uh, the pandemic has changed a lot of things. And uh, now my question is companies, at least the smaller ones, uh, either because of budget or because of, uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, talent and resource constraint, whatever it is, whatever the reason, right? They don't have an in-house IT leader. They don't have an in-house CIO. But, uh, but there's a lot of potential or there's an opportunity for MSPs to, to kind of fill that gap, to play that role, to be the virtual uh, CIO. So if 
a small business or if any company for that matter doesn't have a CIO, an in-house CIO, how can an MSP fill that gap, play the role of a virtual CIO? That's a, that's a great question. The This role of, of virtual CIO, VCIO is, a, is an important one. And uh, we are starting to see a growth in that um, service offering from uh, a lot of MSPs uh, in the area of the US where I'm from, which is mm -hmm. uh, kind of Midwest, uh, Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think the, the reason for that is part of what we talked about earlier, businesses are awakening to the fact that they rely on technology. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, the, the desktop or the laptop, it's how do you interface with your customers and what technology do you use there and how is that customer and employee experience? And they're realizing that the, the, the people that can fix their hardware, configure their PCs, configure switches probably aren't the same that can think two and three years down the road from a strategy perspective. Right. There are some right. that can, but for right. the most part, I, I'd say that, that that's two different skill sets. And so mm -hmm. if an MSP can fill that gap, I think there's a couple of keys uh, mm -hmm. to be able to do that. First, you have to have an incredible relationship based on trust right. with your client uh, because, um, CIOs are mostly cynics. Um, we we uh, we get bombarded every day with people trying to solve sell us the next great thing, um, and so we tend to look at that cynically, uh, and we tend to look at people who are selling us services that hey they just want to sell more services, right? So I think it's important that the virtual CIO in an MSP organization is not the same person as the account executive that's doing the selling. I think that has to be two different people for, for that reason. It is also incredibly beneficial if that virtual CIO person at the MSP has been a CIO, uh, because then they have credibility. They've been there, they've done that, and they understand it. Um, and if they've been in a similar size organization or larger, I think that that plays even more. The other thing that, that I found is uh, I always told my strategic partners, my vendors, uh, a couple of things that I will, I will know when we have a trust relationship when two things happen. Mm -hmm. uh, one is uh, you tell me you can't do something because not everybody's good at everything. You can't be. So if I'm asking for something and your company is not good at doing that, tell me that. That, that builds trust and credibility. Right, yes, absolutely. Uh, yep. the, other, the other one that I always told them is, uh, I know we will have a trust relationship when you tell me I'm wrong. Right. Right, because that tells us that we have a good relationship and you know, I've got, I've got ideas, some of them are good, some are horribly bad. Yes. Uh, and, and if we have that kind of relationship, and that's that's what I would look for in a virtual CIO, someone who can sit down with the CEO of a small business or the COO of a small business and uh, tell them exactly what your company can and can't do. But if they need 
a service or a, a product to solve a problem that your mm -hmm. company doesn't do, you've got something in your pocket that you can say, hey, you should talk right. to these people because yes. they can help yes. you solve that problem. And if you want, I'll help broker that. Yes. Um, now, it would be important to me as a CIO to make sure that, hey, you're just not getting a finder's fee from this other company, right? Um, so there, there's kind of a thin line there. Um, mm -hmm. And so if you can sit down with those, with the leaders of that organization and talk strategy, and then be able to help coach and guide the internal team of, mm -hmm. of technology professionals, how to meet that strategy, then you're, then you're forming that role of a virtual CIO. Right. I think it also, it, it also uh, conveys the fact that I'm putting the business first, uh, the business's goals first, the vision first, over my own uh, needs or my own uh, business needs. So I think it's it's crucial when, when I'm able to, you know, walk up to the CEO or whoever the decision maker is and say that, hey, I don't think this is gonna work. This is gonna be better for your business. So I think it's through and through, it's, it's all about value, isn't it, Jeff? Yes. Right from uh, job to, uh, you know, what is expected of a CIO, to uh, how to sell to a CIO and how I can mm -hmm. play the virtual CIO. It's all about delivering value, putting the business first, always thinking from the business perspective, the, the, the bigger picture, right? Wow, yes. it's so important, value is so important. It is, <laughs> it is. It is. Yes. Solving a problem and, 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 and adding value, right? Those are the, those are the two main things that that the CIO is focused on mm -hmm. uh, and therefore those are the two things that they that they look to their vendor partners to help help them do uh, is add value to the organization and solve problems for the organization right, right. I think I think I can just keep uh, going on and, and I'm sure you'd be more than happy to you know to talk about this but I'd really love to have you on another session whenever whenever you're available, we can talk about that later. Uh, I think we're kind of uh, close to the end of the show. So I'm not gonna let you go so easily. I have quick, <laughs> I have a little surprise. So we we do this rapid fire questions. Uh -huh. No sneak peek. Uh, I'm gonna ask you five uh, to six questions and no thinking, no peeking, nothing. You're gonna tell me what comes to your mind first, right? Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, great. Okay, this, I think this is going to be easy. Uh, the first question, what is your biggest uh, pet peeve? Uh, my biggest pet peeve is unorganized people. Ah, tell me about it. Okay, uh, the second question, uh, what is an MSP or an IT uh, industry trend uh, you're betting on in 2021? Um, I think bringing uh, bringing AI as part of their service to understand what's going on, uh, and I'm not just saying that because you all are involved in, in in that. I think it's an important trend um, that uh, MSPs need to be aware of, uh, whether it's from understanding the operations of their customer or even right. understanding their own operations. Right, right. I am and so with you on that. I think I, uh, AI is is going to be very crucial. And the sooner we adapt and understand what it can do for, your, for our business, I think uh, the better it will be for our business. Okay, on to the third question. One resource you would recommend. Um, 
the Amplify series is already taken. You have to tell me something else. <laughs> Um, there, there is a great book that I always used uh, guiding my IT departments, and it's called Enterprise Architecture as Strategy. Okay. Uh, it's okay. by Jeannie Ross, and it is an mm -hmm. outstanding uh, guide of how to take a business-first approach to technology. Interesting. I'm bookmarking that. That's also something that I'm going to read after your uh, Amplify series. All right. Uh, this is interesting. If, uh, let's say you you had become a rock star what would you have chosen for a stage name wow that's <laughs> um so so i i use a hashtag occasionally called rock and roll scarecrow okay okay um now just a quick story behind that i mentioned that i had gone to mit's uh, mm -hmm. uh executive leadership school Mm -hmm. uh, and I was so excited when I got my certificate. Okay. Right. And if you remember the story of the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz, he finally had a brain. Right. Uh, yes. But in reality, he'd always had a brain. He just right. needed that certificate to prove it. Right. So I combined my rock and roll passion with my ah, okay. with getting my certificate and rock and roll scarecrow. So there you go. Ah, interesting. Okay. <laughs> All right, I think this is the last uh, rapid fire question. Um, uh, who would you recommend we bring on our show as a guest next? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, Joe Topinka. Okay, okay. Uh, Joe Topinka wrote a great book on uh, uh, IT business uh, partnerships, relationships. Okay. So when okay. you think about business relationship management and uh, and, and those kinds of concepts, um, he'd be a great guest. Awesome, awesome, Joe. If you're listening, we're gonna we're gonna come uh, come after <laughs> you next. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Jeff. It was great having you on our show, and um, thank you guys for listening to Superpod. And uh, see you again. Bye.